to get the victory at Rogers Place. They survive the first two periods. Badly outplayed, badly outshot, but still in the game. 2-2 after two, and then three in the third to get a 5-2 decision. Big night for Connor McDavid. He has a goal and three assists. Zach Hyman scores twice, uh, scores twice, and Miko Koskinen very good again. 32 saves to go to 12 and two on the year. How about this? The Oilers are 16 and five, 21 games into the season. And if you sort the standings by points percentage, the Edmonton Oilers are first overall, 762 points percentage. Florida 750. Carolina and the Rangers, 738. The Leafs, who are red hot, 729. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, and the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. <laughs> well, Rob, I, I'm totally comfortable using the word survive uh, <laughs> for the, the theme for this game for the Oilers tonight. Yeah, it wasn't a good start to the game for the Oilers, but they had one player that came and was ready at 8.05, and that was Miko Koskinen. Uh, he, he did it in Vegas, where he was excellent in that game, and was one of the big reasons they were able to steal two points there, and he did it again tonight. Uh, the Oilers have the ability, because of some of the star power they have, that if they can keep a game close, even if they're not on their A game, if they can keep it close going into a third period, they can break games open. They did that again tonight. But this one, to me, uh, Hyman was good, McDavid was good, but this game doesn't get to those guys. This game doesn't get to the third period without an excellent night by Miko Koskinen. Yeah, I mean, again, he's 12-2 and two on the season, so <laughs> you can't argue with that. And, uh, you know, going into the year, I think if you would have told Oilers fans he's going to even have appeared in 14 games, they wouldn't have felt that great. But he's he's won 14 of them as uh, the Oilers bank another victory here. The, uh, the and, and Zach Hyman, you know, again, two goals in the first period, just narrowly missed a hat <laughs> trick. So some people will uh, have can say, well, I threw my hat on a night that there wasn't a hat trick because the goal was on the board. A couple things happened on that play. First of all, Hyman drove the net, as he often does, and tries to score from the one-inch line, as Dave Tippett said. That was the two-inch line that time. Two-inch line. He was pushed into the net, and the net, it was close, but if the puck's going in anyway and the defending team is causing the net to come off, that wasn't the issue. That that would have counted. But the Penguins challenged for offside and just barely, but it was it was offside. So the hat trick goal for Hyman came off the board. But the two goals he did score, you know, again, showing the, the variety of skill that he has. Yeah, he, you knew that he was a hard worker and that he was going to come in and he does all the little things right. Uh, he back checks. He's on the right side defensively. He gets pucks out. He gets pucks in, keeps plays alive. Uh, the one thing that... I, you probably didn't know, or I didn't know how, as good as that he was, is, is his ability to, to shoot. He's got a great shot, and we've seen it more and more. We've seen it in Vegas where he scored a couple different types of goals there, and then tonight, uh, cross body. He's going one way, brings the goalie with, and then hits the back, back post and in. That's a tough shot. That's a tough shot for anyone. And then the other goal, the one-timer, Tristan Jari got across. Uh, Tristan read the play, knew that McDavid was going to make the pass. The defender went over to McDavid, forced McDavid to make the pass. So Jari was there. The only place Hyman could put it was inside the post, and he did that. So uh, Hyman, he seems to come up big at big moments. And the, w when he comes up big, it's not always a goal. It's a hit. It's a block shot. It's a, a clear defensively on a penalty kill. Uh, he's everything the Oilers could have hoped for, and, and he's and more. And I know that Bob's been his biggest fan all year long about uh, Team Canada edition, 
Uh, he certainly puts himself in the conversation by the way he plays. The most honest player that you'll see in the National Hockey League for uh, doing all the right things all the time. And tonight, he was rewarded with a couple of goals. So five goals tonight for Edmonton. That's a $500 donation to 630 Chad Status Anonymous. For every goal the Oilers score throughout the season, they're given 100 bucks. The total for the year... 82 for 8,200. That's all courtesy James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown, a big part of uh, Santa's day here on 630. Ched, last uh, total I saw was the, for the day over $153,000 raised for Santa's Anonymous. So thanks to all the 630 Ched listeners who are helping out with that. We really do appreciate it. And then uh, the Oilers cap it off with a win, which is pretty cool. And it's, it's going to be interesting looking at looking over the stat sheet, Rob, and discussing some of these because all the adjustments that the Oilers have to make with the injuries on defense, younger defensemen. So Chris Russell plays 26-53 tonight, gets the belt buckle, commemorating the block shot record from Saturday night. Tyson Berry plays 26-28. Well, it's funny, and we talked with, with Bob right after the game. Chris Russell, he's the Oilers' number seven defenseman. And, and, and I still I challenge people out there, and there's going to be listeners that could probably find it for me, but find a defenseman in the National Hockey League that's a seventh defenseman that's capable of coming in and playing 24, 25, 26 minutes like Chris Russell did. Uh, that is a luxury that the Oilers have as a guy with a, a veteran experience that understands how to play the game, does all the right things defensively, and you can throw him in there in a pinch from the press box, and he can play and do all the right things. I was giggling at him before the game, though, when they came out for the little ceremony for his block shot record. He's out there, and it made me laugh because I think of me when I had my wife and the young kids. His poor wife's out there. She's got two young kids. She's got a, f- a stack of flowers that are bigger than both kids. She's trying <laughs> to get them all off the ice, and Chris Russell hands her his, his belt buckle as well. He's like, you don't have enough stuff here. Here's my belt buckle too. So grab the belt buckle, the two kids, and the flowers, and see if you can get them all back into the seats. I'm just going to go sit on the bench. Uh, a nice night for Chris Russell. Uh, nice night for the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, a win that was probably a little nerve-wracking to start the game, but the Oilers found a way to finish it off. I'm just trying to find the last time Chris Russell played more than this in a game, and it would have been March 17th, 2016. He played 27-18 against the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's been a while. So it's uh, it's been a while. He had... Uh, four games that season in which he played over 27 minutes so yeah it's uh it's been a while but uh chris russell able to help the oilers get the victory tonight marcus nimalainen plays his first nhl game plays tw- uh, 10 19 did go minus one was credited with five hits tonight though hey, he was physical uh, the, he, there was a, the, when the puck was on his stick there's a f- couple issues a couple times he made passes that ended up being icings and then the the following shift he would just go out and lay someone out so he understood what his role was again was fine so good on him for his first national hockey league game let's go downstairs here's head coach dave tippett um you were in the game miko kept you in the game and then you took over in the third we were better in the third we turned the puck over far too much in the first couple we just couldn't get any no rhythm to our game whatsoever just batting it around like it was a tennis ball so 
once we got to work. We still turn it over a few times, but at least we worked to get it back on the third. That was the difference. Like we got our legs under us, you get, get around pucks a little more. We were opportunistic with some of the chances we had. We had some good chances and we capitalized on them. And then the third, we got to work a little more. You mentioned you, you know, you're batting the puck around. What did you feel about the quality of chances you gave up? You didn't see even, like, it was kind of a scrambling game, but you didn't give up a ton? Yeah, not, not a lot of outnumbered chances and stuff like that. You know, a few in tight. There was a couple, one real good save in the third by Koski and uh, coming across the slot. They do a lot of east-west stuff, you know, top of the circles. And uh, we were all right. We packed it in there. But like I say, there's, you just, there's plays that you get stopped, and then I'd like to see the next play get made. You know, the puck bouncing around, let's win a few more of those things so it goes the other way. Now, we got fortunate on a couple of them. They're like, you look at the uh, Hyman's, what was it? Uh, Hyman's first goal, or the first goal, that's one. They get two or three looks at the net or chances, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, and we're going the other way. So that's, that's how, you know, we were fortunate that way. But we just, we can be better. We can be better. We can be cleaner with the puck. We can be harder on, on loose pucks. And, you know, we were in the third, but I'd like to see that for 60 minutes. Dave, can you talk about Koskinen holding in for two periods? That's, he's played every bit as well. Tonight it looked like as he did against Vegas in terms of yeah, I don't, calm and I don't think cool and collected the net. He didn't really give him. I don't think they had the chances that Vegas had the other night. He was steady in there and solid, big. He, he stopped the ones he was supposed to stop, which was what you're looking for. We gave up some real good chances the other night in Vegas that he had to make some great saves on. I don't think we gave up as many in that department tonight. But that being said, we still gave up. Too many chances that I'd like to see, but is that batting it around because of all the young defensemen? Well, I think they did their part of it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of batting going around, so they were they weren't all of it, but they were part of it. Yeah, thank you. We had, uh, we had some veteran defensemen batted around pretty good too. Forwards, is there a, for some of your younger forwards? Is there a lesson in the tenacity with which Hyman played with tonight? I mean, that was that was a hard, firm, competitive game that Pittsburgh played with from lines one through four, and he was the one guy you had on the wing that kept on winning battles. Yeah, that's that's what he brings every night. We said that in the coaches' room after the first period. We should have a few of our players stop looking at the iPad and start looking at Hyman out there, right? plays the game honest, plays the game hard. We talk about getting our nose over the puck and, and competing for loose pucks. He's he's the epitome of that. We could have some more guys do that. Bouchard, he's had some tough moments against good teams here last couple games, but the response in the third and... Better in the third. Just stick... First two. Tough, tough. Tough. Better in the third. He's, a, he's an example of we'd like to have a 60-minute game, not a 20-minute game. And just a thought on Barry and uh, Russell each playing 26-plus tonight. That's good and bad. It's good that they did it. It's our depth. We're trying to get these young guys up and going, so hopefully we don't have to do that every night. Dave, on that Pittsburgh first goal, they win the faceoff. It's obviously a set play when Gensel goes across. Who's, who should pick him up? Of all the forwards, that's a play that that forward, the forward should never, he never goes out for us. We looked at that exact play in the video before. Of all the forwards, I would say that wouldn't make a mistake on that. I would say of the 12 forwards on the ice, Nuge would be the last guy to make a mistake. He's the guy that made the mistake. 
he went running out there and he knew it as soon as he did. He goes, what am I doing? I never supposed to run out here. I think we lost it so clean. He, he took off out there thinking that he was going to get the jump and he should stay right, right where that pass came is where he's supposed to be standing. He knew it. I knew it. I didn't say a word to him about it. Let's just chalk it up to a bad moment. But we looked at that exact same play on video at 6.30 before the game. Just one of those things. A bit of a brain cramp. All right. And do, Dave, quick, do you have any update on, uh, do you think any of your D-men will be available Friday, Nurse or Keith? Friday? No. Not Friday. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. So expect the same six defensemen in the lineup Friday against the Seattle Kraken as the Oilers win tonight 5-2 over the Pittsburgh Penguins. What do you think of his uh, explanation there on the uh, one-timer goal by Genson and apparently uh, Nugent Hopkins making a, according to Tippett, extremely rare error there? <laughs> well, yeah, and I agree with him. He's the one of the few that you wouldn't expect that he and Hyman be, be the two guys that I would say always know exactly where to be. I, I like the way that he talked about it. I didn't have to tell him he already knew. And I think that's one thing that we see with Dave Tippett more than other coaches uh, around the league or that have been through here. When guys make big mistakes, they don't get beat down when they get to the, to the bench. And a lot of times they don't get benched. Uh, they give, they're given the opportunity to go make amends. Tonight again, well, twice now this year where Benson is taking poor penalties and has found his way back out on the ice. And what Dave Tippett's saying, all right, you know what, you messed up. Now let's go make up for that. And with Nugent Hopkins, okay, I don't need to tell you you made a mistake. And that's the biggest thing. Players know when they mess up. They know immediately when they mess up. The last thing they want to go back to the bench and get yelled at, they're already mad at themselves. So what you do with that is you go back out there next time you're on the ice and you make sure that you make up for the mistake you made. And we saw that tonight with Nugent Hopkins. All right, Oilers take it 5-2. Roy is getting a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. River Cree, excitement, bet on it. He took the over in the River Cree set the line before the game. I set it at three and a half combined points for McDavid and Crosby. Well, McDavid got there on his own. Crosby added one, so they combined for five. It is indeed the over. Well, we, I, I thought or I hoped that that was the way would be the way the game went, and, and it did. I thought that maybe Sid would add a little bit more to it. He had some great opportunities. It didn't go in, but Connor McDavid, that third period, he was making sure that the Edmonton Oilers got the two points. Yeah, better third period for the Oilers tonight compared to the first two, and they pull out a 5-2 win. Okay, we got time to hear from you as well. You can join us on the hotline, 780-496-0063, presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet. Dang, on the right, Crosby, one-timer save made by Koskinen. As Crosby stick snapped in half, but he still got it on the net. All right, that is Miko Koskinen's save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. He stops 32 pucks tonight, and the Oilers get a 5-2 decision over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes, 16-5 and are the Edmonton Oilers through 21 games. And as I mentioned, if you sort the standings by points percentage, they are the number one team in the National Hockey League. The Penguins now 10-8-5, and, and the Oilers do something that... Uh, 
hardly anybody has been able to do the last couple of weeks. That is score on Tristan Jari, who came into this game with three goals against in his last six starts. Tonight, he allows four on 21. Now, having said that, Rob, he made some very impressive saves along the way, even though he, he got beat four times. Well, I don't see any goal in the game that he could have had. Uh, the Penguins played quite well and limited the number of shots, but the shots they did allow, especially through the first 40 minutes, were grade-A scoring opportunities. Uh, and he made a couple big saves on a few of them, but eventually... When you're facing a Connor or a Hyman or someone like that in a grade-A scoring spot, uh, they're usually going to put the puck behind you. So Jari was good. The Penguins, they're break. We, we've said this many times before. When the Oilers have a game where their breakdowns were huge, well, tonight, when the Pittsburgh Penguins had a breakdown, it was a big breakdown, resulting in either a breakaway or a two-on-one going the other way. All right, 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We will welcome Prish to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hey, Prish, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, guys. Hey, Reed. Uh, the only thing I miss is Jack uh, Jack Michaels' call at the end of the game. Uh, and the post-game show starts right now. That's the only thing I miss, but uh, a good good win by the by the Oilers tonight. Uh, what do you think? Um, Louis DeBrusque has always been uh, with us, but what do, you, what do you think about Jake DeBrusque joining us and 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 the game tonight? What do you think about the what do you think about the win tonight? Well, let's talk about uh, Jake DeBrusque first of all. He has because we'll keep talking about the game as we go here. But uh, Jake DeBrusque has asked for a trade mm-hmm. out of. Uh, Boston. I mean, I think clearly if you look at the way the things have gone there the last couple of years, uh, I, I would not suggest it's a comfortable relationship with with the head <laughs> no. coach. Is that a I agree? Is that a diplomatic way to put it? I mean, look, as a rookie, he scored 16. In the second year, he scored 27 and 68, and then he scored 19 and 65. In the 59 games since then, he has scored nine goals. Yeah, he, well, he hasn't been played in the same type of position. And in the National Hockey League, if you want to, if you're a goal scorer, you need power play time and, and big minutes with with offensive-minded players. If you're not put in those positions, you're not going to score. In Boston, it's tough because Boston's their first power play unit is very, very good, and he can't crack that. Uh, and then just the line combinations, he hasn't been, they haven't found a spot for him. He is a good hockey player. Uh, he's got tremendous upside, and sometimes a player just needs a change. And uh, I, there's players ask for trades way more than anyone ever knows. Right. Usually it's kept in-house, mm-hmm. just for both the player's sake and the team's sake, in case things work out, you don't want it out there, and all of a sudden you get the fans on your back. So this one has come public. Uh, he will be moved. There will be teams that are very, very interested in him. I don't know if the Oilers are in the mix at all. I don't know what Boston wants. I don't know about if there's room salary cap-wise, any of those things. But I know wherever Jake goes, that team is getting a solid, solid, uh, I would say second-line type of hockey player that can put the puck in the net. All right, Oilers win 5-2 over the Penguins. Four points for McDavid, one for Dreisaitl. So the scoring race is now Dreisaitl 41, McDavid 40. No, that's another little fun story we're going to be following throughout the year. Uh, who's going to wind up with more and how high will they go? Because they're, they're right around two points per game right now. We also have Jamie on the uh, 
Certainty Hotline. Jamie, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, you know, I just, I see, I see a lot of good things happening with the balance of the team. And I just think the, the more balance, the more we can roll four lines and not, not overplay our, our big guns. We're going to have success in the long run. And, uh, and I think some, sometimes ice time can be an issue with the Oilers top, top players. They get, they sometimes get a bit too much. And tonight, we didn't get to, like we saw some other guys step up and it's just awesome to see them play like a team i absolutely love it and another point we're down so many defensemen and these guys played unbelievable like they were on pucks they were battling and making smart plays like credit to the credit to the whole organization for for stepping up here so go go oilers thank you jamie well, th- there were positives with the young players that came up. There was mistakes. Um, there was times where they struggled getting the puck out of their own zone. Uh, I mean, Bouchard, a guy that's up here and, and is a regular, he made uh, through the first 40 minutes. He did not have a good first 40 minutes. He got turned inside out once as well by, by Zucker. But they battled through it, and they got a big win against a good team. And sometimes when you make mistakes, you need strong goaltending, and the Oilers certainly got that. As for rolling four lines, the Oilers are a team that rolls three and a half lines, and yeah. they always will. They're never going to be a team that rolls four. Uh, tonight, e- even, I mean, Connor's had tw- almost 21 minutes tonight, and Leon played 22. That's going to be the average for them throughout the court. Like, that's that's on a slow night for them. So uh, the Oilers need three lines that are rolling for them to have success, and then the fourth line, there'll be one or two guys each night that'll move up in the lineup and, and bump someone for some spots. But this is never going to be a four-line hockey club. This is going to be a three-line hockey club with a fourth line that they need uh, a good, solid eight minutes out of. Well, they're of. specialty players. Well, you know, they should kill, be, but they're not, though. Penalties. But they're not, though. I mean, Benson isn't on their fourth line. Well, Seaver, Ryan well, more so Seaver and Seaver more penalties, so. Yes. But this is a... This is a that's it. When you got Leon and Connor, you're not going to roll four lines. Yeah, I'm just looking. I mean, Sam Lafferty played 6:13 for the Penguins. They had a couple other guys just under 10 minutes, and the Oilers had Ryan under 10 minutes. Uh, Sevier got to 11. Benson played 6:41. 6:41. So you know, I mean, kind of similar if you add it all up for yeah. for the depth type players for sure. I, and I do, you know, you don't want injuries <laughs> for sure, but. And Craig McTavish referenced it on my show last night, and it's come up a little bit with other people. At the least, you get these guys a little bit of experience. And would you sooner have Marcus and make his NHL debut on Wednesday, December 1st, or potentially in game six of a playoff series when you're down 3-2? Because, I mean, if you if you have to play in that situation, at least they have something to draw. Well, it's funny. There's a lot written about it. A lot talked about it through fan forums and through media, but there's none talked about in the dressing room. The coaching staff, uh, they don't bring up injured players in the dressing room. A lot of teams that I've been on, the injured dress, the injured players are always there before and gone before the players practice. The, the coaches don't want them there, and it's for players. Uh, there's no thought in the dressing room. There's going to be players coming in and getting an opportunity, and they're excited about it. There's players that know that now I'm going to get a little more ice time. They're excited about that. You don't want injuries, but in a dressing room, they never look for uh, excuses. There's a quiet confidence amongst players knowing that, all right, we're missing these three players. Well, I'm going to do that job tonight, and I'm good enough to do it. So uh, as an organization, 
this is a great opportunity to evaluate. The Oilers are going to be a team that's either going to win the division or conference or be very, very close. At the trade deadline, they're going to need to f- figure out what they want to add to this team for depth going into the playoffs. So right now they're getting an opportunity to say, okay, here's our depth D. Are these guys capable of stepping up in the playoffs if we if we lose two or three players? Do we need to go get someone else? Uh, so it, injuries are never a good thing, but you got to take advantage of the injuries to, f- to evaluate players for the future, and that's what the others are doing right now, and they're getting a, a book on some of these young players to see are they capable of playing in big moments late in the season, are they capable of playing here next year. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line as the Oilers beat Pittsburgh 5-2. We'll go to Craig at 780-496-0063. Good day, Craig. Go ahead. Hey, boys. How's it going tonight? Pretty good. Thank you, boys. Hey, we're, we're rocking and rolling right now. Uh, we got four defensemen who have played less than 100 games in the bottom four. Um, I think we're doing a great job. I love you guys' show. Uh, let's go, Oilers. We'll keep it rolling. And uh, let's go, Connor and uh, Drysdale. Thanks a lot, boys. Okay. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, yeah, it's good. People are feeling good. I mean, why not? You should be. I mean, you got the best team in the National Hockey League right now. I, I, enjoy the ride. I, you, no one knows where this is going to go. No one knows yeah, where it is come know. playoff time. But it, it would be kind of silly not to enjoy it while it lasts. And if this team does have success in the playoffs, kind of, you don't really want to jump onto that bandwagon after the first round of the playoffs. Jump on now. It's fun to be an Oilers fan right now. Yeah, it's... Uh I mean, there's so many good teams in the league. Yep. And, and, you know, we were talking the other night about, well, probably the Pacific will be, and, and we'll see how Anaheim does, but, you know, probably it's going to be Calgary, Edmonton, and Vegas, the top three. One of those, all three of those teams could have 100-point seasons. At most, one is going to make only the semifinals. Yep. Because they're all, I mean, so that's how, I mean, Carolina and Florida, same division. They could finish 1-2 in the overall stance. Some, somebody's out, right? So, I mean. Well, last th- year, Vegas th- 30, and Colorado. 31 teams are going to have a disappointing season, <laughs> well, they, you know, to some extent, because well, they won't to, win the Stanley on, on your at point, the very end. Yeah. On your point, Colorado and Vegas were the two of the best yeah, teams exactly. in the NHL so, last year. So, it, ha- but the Oilers, uh, they're good. And. Things that you were worried about coming into the season, one of them was goaltending. Well, goaltending, they haven't even seen your starter yet. You're 16-5 and five on the season, and your starter's played two games. So these are good things right now for, for Edmonton Oilers fans, and that's why it's fine. At the very least, the Oilers are entertaining. They're, every game, there's entertainment value. They, every shift that Connor walk, steps on the ice, something special could happen. Yeah. Every time Hyman walk, goes out there, all of a sudden you're seeing, okay, this is the way the game's supposed to be played. So lots of fun right now. Enjoy it while it is. Yeah, and I always remember, I, speaking of Wally Buono, who's going to help the uh, Elks hire a new GM here, I'll never forget, because I think I asked him about this a couple times when I was interviewed him when he coached the Lions. And was this uh, a work of art tonight by the Oilers? I mean, you know, like, we, like I said, they, they survived. It, it could have been, you know, 6-2 Pittsburgh, 6-1 Pittsburgh after two periods, and, and the third period is, uh, you know, a snoozer. But, you know, he, he said, I would always sooner win ugly than, oh, than yes. lose pretty. I, I mean, as much as we can talk about things and pick things apart and this can be better, this, you know, is this going to last? And a lot of those concerns that we get from fans are are, are fair concerns and, and interesting what-ifs to talk about. But he said, 
I will always take the win. He said, because when players come to practice, their mood is just a little bit better. They're just a little bit more receptive to teaching. It, it's if you point out areas that you want them to work on or improve, they, they seem to take the feedback a little better if they're coming off a win or you're three and one instead of one and three. So, yeah, I, I would always, <laughs> I'll always take the win. I mean, hey, the, like they haven't had a slump yet. They're going to have one. I mean, a quarter of the way through the season, they have not lost back-to-back games. I don't think they're going to go 82 games doing that. So, yeah, keep keep banking those points because eventually, who knows, the injuries could catch up to you where you can't, you know, survive a night like this. Well, and and the thing is, there's 16 teams that have played the Oilers, or 16 times teams have played against the Oilers. And at the end of the night, whether the Oilers had their A game, B game, whether they had injuries, uh, Connor and Leon didn't get a point, Connor and Leon had big third period, whatever it is, 16 of those nights, the others came away with two points. So they're winning a bunch of different ways. And what they have the ability to do that very few teams in the National Hockey League can. The Oilers can win with their B and C effort as long as they get a goaltending effort that allows them to be close going into the third period. Because they have Connor, because they have Leon, both of those players are capable of scoring uh, on every shift. Both of them are capable of having two and three goal periods. And that's what's so fun about the Oilers. It, it, the year the Oilers made the playoffs the first time, with, with, when Tugnet had, or, or sorry, not Tugnet. I'm oh, really, Talbot. Talbot. That's I'm really, really, a really dating myself back to my <laughs> old goal. To, when Talbot had his career, career year there with the Oilers, he kept the Oilers in games they didn't deserve to be in. And then in the third period, Connor and Leon would take over. And t- this year, it's not all the time, but there's been some games where the Oilers have started slow but their goaltenders given them a solid effort. And if they get solid efforts, the talent they have up front is going to allow them to score three, four goals in a night. That really translates into a lot of wins. All right, three goals in the third tonight for the Oilers to win at 5-2 over the Penguins. We will welcome Rocket on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Rocket, go ahead. Hey, guys, how are you doing today? Good. So I watched, uh, I had a a pop-up on my phone uh, today, and it was... uh, a YouTube thing, and it was one-on-one with Connor McDavid and Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it was it was it was absolutely awesome how uh, Wayne Gretzky had this wry smile on his face when they were t- he was talking about like you know how great it was to win a Stanley Cup, and he kept telling Connor McDavid that uh, don't worry, you're going to win one. <laughs> And it was like it, like he was a fortune. Like he's a fortune teller. Like he, he just had this little grin on his on his face every time he kept saying it. And I thought it was like such an awesome interview. But uh, yep. there, there was I, I I think there were so many storylines to this hockey game, which made it extremely special. Uh, you know, for an Oilers win, like Crosby, McDavid, and then. I was listening to people. Why, you know, why, you know, why isn't Drysaddle in that conversation? And this was like all before the game. I found it interesting that I watched this YouTube video, by the way, and all of a sudden Connor comes out and gets four points too. But what I wanted to talk to you about is a couple of uh, referee things. Um, the penalty that we got, that Lagason got, Louis. Uh, said it's not really. I remember when that penalty first came out, it was because players were tired and they'd purposely yep. chuck it over the boards, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So 
this was two guys' sticks coming together. Lagason's just making a play. Rocket, I, I, I'm sorry to jump in. It was 100% a penalty. The rule is the rule. On purpose or not, if you're the last guy to shoot it out, you're the last guy to shoot it out. It's it's It was properly enforced and properly called. Okay. And the second one is, is when you uh, take the puck first on a tripping penalty and you still take the guy out. They changed that rule. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a penalty. There was one the other night I watched on TV, and the ref completely missed it. I, I can't remember what game I was watching, but a guy had a breakaway, and the guy got the puck but also took his feet out, and the ref didn't make the call, which I always thought it was dumb. I mean, you trip the guy, you trip the guy, whether you got a puck or not. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought that was a good rule change. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Okay, we got to take a quick timeout. Uh, I think we got uh, four or five folks on hold here. We will uh, try to get everybody in. The Oilers win it 5-2 tonight over the Penguins at Rogers Place. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Most to the right wing corner. We're tied at two. We're in the third. To McDavid, back to the left wing point. Russell waiting, drops it to Barry. He'll shoot. Scott! Kyler Yamamoto, his fifth of the season, turns out to be the game winner tonight. Oilers score three in the third to beat the Penguins 5-2. Five goals. That means the Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked before your eyes. Reserve now. JVEdmonton.ca. The JV goal light has been on 12 times through the first 21 games of the season. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, thanks for calling. Hey, boys, how you doing? Good. Well, I mean, you know what? I want to start with... Uh I want to start with uh, uh, Koskinen's play tonight because, uh, because I mean, because you know, there's been a lot of people, been a lot of people crapping on him and saying, well, I mean, you know, you know, if uh, Smith goes down, Koskinen can't do the job. But, but I mean, you know what, Koskinen, he just keeps, he just keeps giving them quality start after quality start, and tonight was no different. I mean, especially the first two periods. If it's not for him, the Oilers could have been down five, five, six, seven, one. That's my the, that's my first point, and then uh, then uh, my second point is on that uh, uh, on that new kid, uh, Nima Line, and I I was actually I was uh, you know I got to be honest I was actually quite impressed with him tonight. I don't know, you know like uh, you know he didn't didn't really notice him, and as they say sometimes for a defenseman that's a good thing. I kind of not sure what you guys think about that, and then for uh, McDavid tonight, I mean like he just I mean I mean like he was. Uh, uh, I thought uh, I thought on that uh, on that uh, what would have been Hyman's hat trick the offside there. I think I don't know. I'm not I'm not entirely sure that that was offside. I know the replay says it was, but I mean I don't know. I'm not sure what you guys saw there. Did it look? It, it, was, offside. it was offside. It was very close, but it, I think it was offside. Yeah, but, yeah. Was, was it? was over. Yeah. Yeah. So it was so it, yeah. Okay. But yeah. Anyway, I guess so. One final point. I guess uh, Drysaddle tonight too. He only got the one point, and he's been the he's been the uh, he's been the driver, I guess you could say. So, and I kind of wonder this uh, this proves this proves that the Oilers, to me at least, they have a lot more depth because a guy like Drysaddle gets shut down, and we still scored five goals on a go- on a goaltender that was absolutely lights out the last six games. Yeah, Drysdale got an assist tonight. Still played a lot, obviously. Twenty-one fifty-seven, two shots on goal, won twelve out of twenty-one faceoffs for. 
57%. Yeah, and again, the numbers on Nima Linen, uh, minus one. He was on for the Gensel one-timer goal, and uh, he plays 10-19 in his credit with five hits. I, I mean, didn't have the puck a lot, but, it, you know, you wanted a quiet game from him, obviously. You did, and they tried to uh, match his lines and put him out in the right situations out there. I mean, this is the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby coming to town, and this is this kid's first game. So uh, there were mistakes that were made that were covered up by their goaltender. But again, uh, a great opportunity for the young kid and good on him playing his first National Hockey League game. I'm sure he's never going to forget it. All right. We also have Douglas standing by on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Douglas, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm doing great, and uh, great game tonight. Nothing about the refereeing or anything like that, but if uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The last uh, five home games, is it, the Oilers have been in their dark blue uniforms, correct? Uh, I'll take your word for it. I don't track that. And, and that's how they play more effectively. I don't know who changed the color um, to orange, but... If they wear the dark blue, they're tougher at home. Yeah, I, 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 would, be, I wouldn't know the yeah. record in the. I'm sorry, Douglas. I, yeah, I don't. Know I got to be honest. The, the players won't notice the jerseys at all. <laughs> they don't notice at all. They'll go in whatever's hanging up. They put it on, whether it's blue, black, green, pink, orange. Uh, there's not a lot of focus on on the jerseys in the dressing room, unless they are probably really terrible or embarrassing. Yeah, well, I don't know. Vegas, we wore, we saw those helmets the other night. They played pretty good with those on, and they were the ugliest helmets we've ever seen. <laughs> Fair enough. I wouldn't wear that in a beer hockey game. Like that, would, the other team would make fun of you. Well, unless you could pour the beer in it after the game. Well, then they you'd invite them <laughs> over, and that's when you can say, "All right, here's why we really wear these helmets." But no, yeah. they were they were ugly helmets. Yeah, I I, we, I don't think we give when people call in about the uniforms. I don't think we ever give satisfactory responses because. In all honesty. Neither one of us are... Like, I, I feel like I, I like those dark blue ones, and I, I always say this because the numbers are easy to see. see and we're I, far away from the ice. See, and I don't like the dark blue ones. I like... Well, honestly, I, thought, I thought they were easy for you to see, too. Well, I can't see anything from up here. You could just... They could just one number on the guy's back, and I wouldn't be able to see it. Oh, I, really? That's, I'm blind. That's sad. I, it is sad, so I just... I, mean, I have trifocals. I should be the one complaining. Well, I've got those progressive things, too, so... <laughs> I don't know. I just wait to see who they announce score the goal, then we'll talk about them. Yeah, but I, I have not. I'm probably somebody tracks the record in, in each jersey. Maybe I can try to find that out tomorrow. Uh, the power play tonight. Uh, the power play update is presented by Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with locations in St. Paul, Westlock, and Vegreville. Check out Extreme with an X Power Products, Extreme with an X PowerProducts.com. So both teams were 0 for 3, which... It maybe is not that surprising because the Penguins, you know, the best PK beats the best power play, and uh, the Penguins' power play has has not been very good this season, coming in 25th in the NHL. Uh, and at, at times didn't look that uh, that powerful out there. The Oilers got a couple great scoring opportunities shorthanded. Um, I think once you get Melkin and a Rust back into the the lineup there'll be a much stronger power play uh they weren't good and but the penalty killing did come in as advertised their penalty killing was good one of the reasons they won almost 60 percent of the face-offs when they were shorthanded uh they were physical uh, a couple times connor brought the puck in they finished the check on him we we're like normally you don't see that when connor comes in on a power play he sets up and the oilers set up but the penguins penalty killing was good 
Uh, Penguins five on five through 40 minutes were excellent, but a close game turn. Connor McDavid had a fantastic third period. And he was not going to be denied. And the Edmonton Oilers got a big win on home ice against the Pittsburgh Penguins. All right. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline and welcome Lars to the show. Hey, Lars. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Nice to hear from you. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Uh, I thought I was calling into overtime open line, but I guess you guys are the fashion police now. We really are. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you saw what we were wearing, yeah. you'd, be, you'd be calling the fashion you police saw, on us. You should see what I'm wearing. Tight now you're in radio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like those gold helmets. Um, are you guys riding one of these goaltenders into the playoffs, or are you trying to um, upgrade at the deadline? Well, I, I think their hope is that Mike Smith will be back and healthy, and that's your goalie going down the down the stretch and in the playoffs he's your starter um I, I don't know when he's coming back and obviously when he comes back you hope that he can find his form very quickly but i do know that if mike smith comes back and plays well then i don't think there's any thought of picking up another goaltender at the deadline i yep. think that i think both skinner and Koskin have proven that they don't need another goaltender as a depth goaltender if smith comes back or and isn't the same goaltender if Smith stays is doesn't come back and get healthy well then you have to make a decision if you're going to ride Koskinen for the rest of the year but until Smith is uh ruled not to be playing the rest of the season I think Smith's their starter Koskinen is a very good backup and Skinner's there uh is a depth goaltender and proven he can plays at this level yeah it's I don't know what Koskinen's goals against are, and I love I love hearing the happy fans. I love the fans calling in just to say, "Hey, way to go, Oilers! That's been a delight. Hey, that's so great, go Oilers!" And then they just leave. I'm like, "Hey, thanks for going in." Um, but it I, people who say Koskinen's having this kind of start, his goals against average is like three, isn't it? No, isn't it's it above under, three? Uh, be about two point eight now. Yeah, it was 2.89 yeah. coming in. Which is, I, I'm glad we're winning, but I'm like, I, I don't think Koskinen is our guy, and I sure hope Smith gets back. So I wanted to know your opinion on the deadline. All right, guys, have a good one. Okay, yeah, yeah thanks, Lars. We appreciate it. Oilers win 5-2 over the Penguins. Connor McDavid with four points. Here he is, joined by newcomer Marcus Niemelainen. Well, Connor, maybe uh, not the, the best first 40 that you guys had you capitalized on your chances and then you you really kind of took over when uh, Dave juggled the lines just kind of tell me about you know this year whenever he seems to throw in a little bit of a mix you guys seem to respond to that yeah obviously we kind of held on there for the first 40 Miko did a great job as usual um you know I thought our young D uh, you know Teppel here as well um you know did a good job of stepping in and and uh trying to keep the game simple keep the game in front of them and um you know kind of worked our way through the through the game and like you said we, we capitalized on our chances and um you know got some timely saves marcus for you uh, first nhl game uh, the guys made you go without the lid for uh, your your skate kind of just tell us about the your feelings for your first nhl game uh i've been nervous at the start but uh i had a lot of fun though so and a good win today so it was good. Connor, you, you were trying to get Zach. It looked like that last goal into the empty net. He's never had a hat trick in the NHL. You, you know, you probably knew that. You're trying to get it over to him, but uh, he had lots of chances tonight to get that third goal. He had lots of chances, like you said, and obviously we thought we, he, we thought he had it there. And, uh, you know, just a, a hair offside. So, um, obviously I'm trying to get him that puck. Um, you know, I almost feel guilty putting it in the net, but... Um, you know, Rodriguez kind of just, uh, um, you know, kind of glued himself to, to Himes. And, you know, obviously you got to you got to put it away as well. So um, obviously trying to get him the puck, but uh, just couldn't find a way. 
Thank you. Connor generated a lot at even strength tonight. I think all the goals. Um, of course, he had the empty netter too. But just uh, from an even strength standpoint, how, how crucial is it to be able to do that? And why do you think you were able to tonight, even though play was tilted the other way at times? Yeah, I thought we generated some chances, especially there in the third period. Um, you know, just... Uh, just worked. I thought it just came down to, to working harder. Um, I know it sounds cliche again, but um, you know they were they were kind of bringing it bringing it to us there in the second period, and we just need to up our work ethic and, and get pucks to the net, and, and you know kind of good things happen. So I like that uh, we were able to generate some stuff five on five. We didn't rely on the power play, um, and our penalty kill was good as well. So um, overall, I thought uh, it was a good one. You executed a couple of two-on-ones, and they were a little bit different. On the first one, it was an early pass. The second one, the delay. Just take us through when you're moving in on a two-on-one, kind of what you're watching for and, and how you know, or is it just instinct? It's a little bit of instinct. It's a little bit of routine as well, you know, trying to get yourself into the middle of the ice and um, you know, just try to make your read. That's just all you can do. <laughs> Hi, Connor. Uh, you know, your team's down four defensemen. Pittsburgh Penguins are coming to town. This isn't necessarily a game that you guys would be expected to win yeah you come out on the on the on the, on the, the right side of it what does this say about your organizational depth and the way that you guys have been able to kind of battle through what's supposed to be a tough period for you yeah it's been great to see the young d-men come in and 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 play well um it's great to see skinner doing well um you know that goes a long way obviously there's it's a long year and there's going to be injuries there's going to be things that happen and and uh you know you need that depth and um you know, I thought the guys have done a great job of stepping in and, and uh, picking up where we left off. On that, uh, the empty netter, it almost looked like he was more interested in preventing the hat trick than giving you uh, a, an uncontested line to the net. Yeah, yeah, he didn't, he didn't really chase after me at all. He kind of just grabbed Himes and, and stood there. Um, you know, again, I obviously I'm trying to get him that puck. Love to get him that puck. Um, but, you know, obviously he stayed with him. Marcus, if I'd have told you a month ago you'd be sitting up at a podium next to Connor McDavid, what would you have said? Sorry, what? <laughs> if, if we'd have told you six months ago you were going to be sitting next to Connor McDavid doing interviews, what would you have said? I don't know. Probably would not believe it. <laughs> uh, Connor, you've, the, the statistics say you've, when you and Sid go head-to-head, -head, you've had a lot of points, you've done well. But you guys haven't won many games against Pittsburgh. They've been a tough team on you. Uh, nice to, you know, is there just something in playing well, sure, but winning a game against Pittsburgh in a decisive fashion? Yeah, I think it's important. You know, we've played Pittsburgh, uh, you know, not a ton of times in my career. And like you said, we haven't, uh, we haven't found ways to get wins. Um, although, you know, we've had some, some good games. They've all been tight. Um, you know, we haven't found a way to get a win. So uh, definitely happy to, to get a win against those guys. And Marcus, lastly, uh, your family, Marcus. Um, what time is it in Finland? Uh, were your parents able to watch this game live? Do you know? Uh, I think it started at like 5 a.m. there, so they probably woke up for that. So. Marcus, uh, just back here uh, on your left here, Tony Brar, Oilers TV. Um, can you maybe take us through when you found out that you were going to make your way to Edmonton when you got the call, where you were, and who you maybe called after that? Uh, I was at a grocery store, <laughs> and then <laughs> I got the call, so I went to the rink and packed my stuff and went to the apartment and back there and then went to uh, uh, L.A. because uh, I had an early flight the next day. So. I'm assuming you had a conversation with Jay Woodcroft 
when you got the call. Um, maybe what can you maybe share what he said to you in leading up to your first NHL game? Uh, he just gave me some advice and said that good luck. <laughs> Nothing special, I guess. I know it's really fresh, but did anything stand out from your game? Like a lot of players talk about their welcome to the NHL moment. Did you have a moment that really stood out tonight? Mm. I got hit pretty hard in the first period, so that kind of woke me up a little bit, I guess. Ed Connor, while we're on the subject, I know your first NHL game was in St. Louis. Did you have a welcome to the NHL moment back in 2015? You know, honestly, my first game kind of felt like just a blur looking back. Um, you know, you're kind of just uh, in shock the whole time. And, you know, the game starts to slow down a little bit after that. But uh, I think my welcome to the NHL moment would have been playing Ovi kind of, uh, I think we played maybe four or five games in. And just seeing the big, uh, the big eight flying around, it's, uh, it was a pretty, uh, pretty cool night for sure. Thanks All for sharing that. That's Connor McDavid, Marcus Niemelainen. The Oilers beat the Penguins 5-2. The first time the Oilers beat the Pens in regulation time since January 10th, 2006. Before some of you were born. Or at least before your pets were born. Uh, they, there had been 19 games between the two teams since then. The Oilers had won four of them, but they'd all been in overtime or a shootout. So the Penguins had a point streak, 15-0-4 in the last 19 games against the Oilers. Edmonton gets the regulation time win tonight. Hyman and Yamamoto, both keys for Edmonton. You'll hear for them when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rodriguez got it in behind the Oiler net on the left wing to Crosby. Over to Latang. Nice save by Koskinen. Wow, that was a quick shot. Oilers come out two on one. Here is McDavid. He's got Hyman pass to Hyman. Scores! Zach Hyman puts it home on the two on one. Edmonton five, Penguins two is the final. Two goals from Zach Hyman. The winner from Kyler Yamamoto. Here they are. Zach, uh... Connor said he felt bad putting that puck in the net. Did you say anything to him? I mean, he had no chance to get it to me. So um, they told him, yeah, put it, put it in, finish the game, and we'll get another one another time. You guys put up a lot of offense at even strength tonight, and a lot of it head-to-head against Crosby. Uh, how, you know, how were you guys able to do that, do you think? I thought we had a lot of chances in transition today. Um, I thought that they did a good job holding onto the puck a little bit in the ozone, and then we were able to kind of catch them on the on the fast break. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, our third period as a team was our strongest for sure, and Miko held us in the game for the first two, and then third we were able to kind of get some off the rush there, and then Yamo had a good one off the cycle too. Zach, you haven't had a hat trick yet. 12 two-goal games, I think. Are you starting to th- think the gods are, st- are against you or what? I mean, <laughs> you also had a breakaway tonight. Yeah, no, I know. The breakaway almost went in. But, uh, no, I, I mean, I don't think about it too much. It's, um, you know, I think it'll eventually it'll happen. And I'm happy to, to score when I, when I can and, and help the team win, obviously. And uh, it, was, uh, it was fun almost uh, getting a hat-trick there. Thank you. Kyler, you, you've... You've kind of bounced around a few times in games where, you know, you'll be in a line and tonight the, the entire all four lines switched and it obviously resulted you guys had your best period, as Zach alluded to. Can you talk about kind of what goes on for you? Because you've done it a few times, you know, where you change lines and there seems to be jump. Why is that? Um, I think we just, um, 
I think Tips is trying to find some uh, different offense. Uh, maybe we're stalled. Um, you know, not having the best offense tonight. So I think he's just trying to change it around and um, try to get some more offense. Is it like a polite way of, of saying, hey, boys, pick it up? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think so. Um, but, I mean, it's his way of just trying to, you know, figure out the offense and get us going. And, Zach, uh, you're up to now 11 goals on the season. It's, it's obviously been a great start for the team, 16-5, and five, one of the best starts ever in franchise history. But for you, I was looking, this is the most goals you've scored in the first 21 games of a season. Just why has it been, easy is the wrong word, but being so fluid and for you to fit into a new team this easy? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I've said it a bunch before, but uh, just getting to know the guys who are in Toronto before really helped. Um, training with those guys, Connor, Darnell. Uh, Devin and Warren were all there, so getting to know them and, and kind of being a part of a, a little smaller group right before, and then coming early and, and meeting guys, you know, the guys who are here and and getting to uh, to know them. So, you know, I think it's credit to the guys of being so welcoming, and we have a lot of new guys this year, and, and I think that it's, you know, the new guys having impacts is a result of, you know, being comfortable and confident, and it's a testament to the, the, the group here. And, and then, uh, <clears throat> yeah, just having a lot of fun. And I think, every, you know, every year in the league, you try to develop and get better, even if you're an older player or a veteran. And um, I think there's a misconception with, you know, you can only get better when you're a certain age. But I think, you know, for me, it's always been about figuring out how I can take my game to the next level and, and working on it in the summertime and, and just trying to improve. Hi, Zach, over here. Uh, the following people want their hats back. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's crazy. What what goes through your mind when they're pouring down and uh, you know you're going to and they might take it off the board? I mean, I'm, I'm just happy like, we were up four two, so it wasn't a, a, a go ahead goal or anything like that. But uh, I mean, it was fun. Like it was fun to experience that. Uh, you know, I think that obviously what doesn't officially count, but I mean, it, it looked. I don't think it really affected the play, so it felt like a good goal, obviously, and Yamo and Dave made a great play there, and just to get the crowd reaction to it was was uh, pretty cool. The, when all the defensemen started going down, this was supposed to be a difficult time for, for you guys, like a, maybe a sag in the season. You've been able to soldier through it really well. What's What's been the key to that? I think it's, you know, next man up mentality. I think that it's, you know, I think it's it's great for our, our young players and our prospects on the back end to kind of get thrown into the fire and and have to play against uh, really good players and really good teams. And uh, I think that, you know, as forwards, we try to help them out as best we can. But, um, yeah, it's you know, when you when you have to play big minutes as a, as a young player and you're in your first season or second season, it's uh, it helps get you acclimated really quick. Zach and uh, Kyler, this will be a question for both of you. But Kyler, you can think of your answer. Well, Zach, unfortunately, you'll have to go first. We just talked to Marcus Niemelainen about his welcome to the NHL moment. He said his was when he got hit into the boards pretty hard. Uh. Connor said his was the first time he ever played Advanced Ovechkin. Uh, in your first call-up to the NHL, Zach, did you have a welcome to the NHL moment in your first handful of games? Uh, I mean, we, we played against Tampa, uh, who we were really good at. Uh, it was... Um, at the time, and it was on uh, a leap year, so it was on actually February 29th, which is pretty cool. So I'll forget, remember that date. And yeah, just remember, um, you know, being on the ice against Stamkos and Hedman and guys you would watch on TV, and you know, being on the ice with them and, and actually being able to be able to compete and be competitive in that game. We lost by one, and all the young guys were on at the end, at the end of the game, so that was pretty cool. And yeah, it was a fun experience. And Kyler, do you have a welcome to the NHL moment as well? 
Uh, yeah, mine was uh, we were playing Battle of Alberta. Um, I want to say my welcome to the NHL. Uh, Davo scored a natural hat trick, uh, scored all three goals in the game. So uh, that was my welcome to the league. And I was just like, oh my gosh. I remember that game. That is Kyler Yamamoto and Zach Hyman. Hyman scores two. Yamamoto scores one. McDavid gets an empty netter. Evan Bouchard also scores four points for McDavid. He has 40 on the season. Drysettle gets an assist. He leads the NHL with 41. Koskinen, 32 saves. The Oilers are 16-5 and five as they beat the Penguins 5-2 tonight. We'll update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to Edmonton Trailer. Dot com. Matthews, hat trick. Leafs beat the Avs 8-3. Canucks dump the Senators 6-2. Rangers over the Flyers 4-1. The Kraken, who the Oilers play next, lose in a shootout to Detroit. And the Ducks outscore the Golden Knights 6-5. Get more on this game. More Oilers coverage on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers now, noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Well, not tomorrow, I guess later today. Uh, Play-by-play legend Doc Emmerich is uh, scheduled to join me on inside sports. That'll be pretty cool. Thanks to Troy Bowler our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 630 Ched. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line, Edmonton 5, Pittsburgh 2 is your final. Good night.